No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jeremiah questions the Lord about the wicked prospering and the land mourning. God answers, if you are wearied now, what will you do later? We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 12 on Simply the Bible. The Lord had shown Jeremiah something that he probably didn't want to see, and that was a conspiracy was forming against him from the people in his own hometown who didn't like what Jeremiah had to say. Jeremiah was predicting that the Babylonians would soon invade the land, and they did not want to hear about that. They thought they would destroy the messenger along with his message. So Jeremiah pours out his heart in complaint to the Lord. We continue in Jeremiah chapter 12. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you, yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted them. Yes, they have taken root. They grow. Yes, they bear fruit. You are near in their mouth but far from their mind. So Jeremiah begins where a lot of people have begun in questioning why is it that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. So he begins with the premise, you are righteous. So I trust that you're righteous. You're going to do the right thing. But here's my question. Why do the wicked prosper? Why is it that they seem to have it going so well when the righteous have it going so tough? He said, you've prospered them. You've caused them to bear fruit. And yet you are near in their mouths. They talk about you. They have a form of godliness, but you are far from their mind. They're not living it. They're not living according to your word. But you, O Lord, know me. You have seen me and you have tested my heart toward you. And I think that that's the one thing we can always take confidence in. And that is that the Lord knows us. Jesus, seven times to the seven churches in Revelation, he said, I know your works. So you know me, Lord, you've seen me. You know my rising, you know my going down. You've tested my heart toward you. You know what makes me tick. So pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. Now, earlier in the light of the conspiracy about him, Jeremiah said that he was a lamb brought to the slaughter. So now he prays that God would separate them and bring them as sheep to the slaughter. These who would conspire against him. How long will the land mourn and the herbs of every field wither? The beasts and birds are consumed for the wickedness of those who dwell there because they said he will not see our final end. Now, this would be difficult. And Jeremiah is one who we look to to see somebody that persevered in the midst of the worst assignment. I mean, God had already told Jeremiah that you're going to speak to them. I'm going to give you my words, but they're not going to listen to you. And not only would they not listen to Jeremiah, but they would throw him in a pit and try to kill him. So he had to endure a lot. And he had to watch as the entire country would be mourning and people would be going into Babylonian captivity. 
And so that would test and try anybody's patience. So he said, how long will the land mourn? Even the beasts and the birds were being consumed because of the Babylonian invasion and all that would happen as a result. But the people who were wicked were saying, he will not see our final end. Now, are they talking about Jeremiah? That they were saying that Jeremiah couldn't rightly prophesy what was going on? Or were they saying that the Lord himself would not see our final end as though they were getting away with their evil? I don't know. I think it's probably the latter, but I don't think that we can be uh, certain on that. But the point was, is that these wicked people thought that they were going to get away with it with impunity. So now the Lord replies, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? Now, this is like the Lord saying to Jeremiah, listen, Jeremiah, you haven't seen anything yet. And you are now running with footmen, but you're already weary. What's going to happen when you have to contend with the horses? And if you are in the land of peace, you're dwelling in Jerusalem right now, in relative peace, well, what's going to happen when you're in the floodplain of the Jordan? And of course, later on, after Babylon conquered Jerusalem, then uh, Jeremiah would be driven away, actually would be living outside in, in the area of Judah rather than in the city. And that would be really tough because he would then lose his, his home and his place. And so all of these things were going to happen and it was only going to get more difficult. For even your brothers, the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. Yes, they have called the multitude after you. Do not believe them, even though they speak smooth words to you. And so not only was it the people from his hometown, but also his own brothers were dealing treacherously with him. Now, now in this, Jeremiah was a type or a picture of Christ who was rejected by his own brothers. You'll recall that Jesus' half-brothers did not believe in him. And here Jeremiah, his brothers didn't believe that he was prophet. And they went one step beyond that, which was that they dealt treacherously with him. And so the Lord said, don't believe what they say to you. You can't trust them, even though they speak smooth words to you. I have forsaken my house. I have left my heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my soul into the hand of her enemies. So the house of Israel had already gone into Assyrian captivity. And now the house of Judah would be going into Babylonian captivity. And how heartbreaking for the Lord that he was having to forsake his own house and to give the dearly beloved of his soul. That's a beautiful phrase, the dearly beloved of my soul. And it speaks here really of the Lord's love relationship, marriage relationship really with Judah. Uh, And yet he was having to deliver her over to her enemies because of her infidelity. My heritage is to me like a lion in the forest. It cries out against me. Therefore, I have hated it. My heritage is to me like a speckled vulture. The vultures all around are against her. Come, assemble all the beasts of the field. Bring them to devour. So these were the Lord's people, his special treasure, the ones that he had brought out of Egypt. 
And rather than them loving him and keeping their vows toward him, they had become like a roaring lion roaring against the Lord. It amazes me how angry people can be against God who is their creator, who only loves them. And yet this was how God's people felt about him. They had become like a speckled vulture attacked by others. Now the speckled vulture because it looked differently from the other vultures, would be attacked by them. And so, in the same way, Judah, because Judah stood out from the other nations, would be attacked by those nations. It's interesting. You just see it even like at school. Anybody that's different gets picked on, and it would be the same thing here with Judah. Many rulers have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They have made it desolate. Desolate, it mourns to me. The whole land is made desolate because no one takes it to heart. So the many rulers of Judah, many of them who had turned away from the Lord, who had committed idolatry, they had ultimately destroyed the Lord's vineyard. And they had made his pleasant portion desolate because of their deeds. And yet nobody took it to heart. As I look around at our nation today, and it seems so evident that our nation is getting further and further away from the Lord, turning away from the commandments of God, seeking to do whatever is right in their own eyes, redefining marriage, redefining gender, redefining sexuality, doing whatever they want, and seeking to do it without any accountability to God. And yet, are people taking it to heart? I think if we were really taking it to heart, then we would be desperate in prayer, praying that God would turn the tide on the evil of our nation and turn the hearts of his people back toward him. And I believe that that really is the only hope for our nation. I think that just as Judah had gone beyond the point of no return, we are, if we're not already there, we're definitely on a fast track to get there. Now, the plunderers have come on all the desolate heights in the wilderness. For the sword of the Lord shall devour from one end of the land to the other end of the land. No flesh shall have peace. They have sown wheat, but reaped thorns. They have put themselves to pain, but do not profit. But be ashamed of your harvest because of the fierce anger of the Lord. So the plunderers, the Babylonians have come. The sword of the Lord would devour. God would permit the sword of the enemy to come and take the lives of his people. And though they had sown much, they were reaping only thorns. They had put themselves to many pains, but it had led to no profit. And why were these things happening? Because of the fierce anger of the Lord, because they had not heeded his commandments. Thus says the Lord against all my evil neighbors who Touch the inheritance which I have caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of their land and pluck out the house of Judah from among them. Then it shall be after I have plucked them out that I will return and have compassion on them and bring them back, everyone to his heritage and everyone to his land. And so even in the midst of judging Judah, God was against Judah's evil neighbors who had touched their inheritance, who had taken them captive. And so God would pluck them out of that captivity 
And then he would return and have compassion upon Judah and bring them back, everyone to his heritage and everyone to his land. And it shall be, if they will learn carefully the ways of my people to swear by my name as the Lord lives, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be established in the midst of my people. Here, again, God's amazing compassion. He's turning to these other nations who had been enemies of Israel and then Judah and saying, look, in the days to come, if they will learn carefully the ways of my people and swear by my name, the the name of the Lord, then they will be established in the midst of my people. But if they do not obey, then I will utterly pluck and destroy that nation, says the Lord. So this is looking forward to the millennial kingdom when other nations, the nations of the world will come and worship the Lord together in Israel. And the King Jesus Christ will sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem Again, looking forward to the future. It's amazing to me that even though God was bringing forth the judgment against his rebellious people, yet he still spoke of his mercy, spoke of his compassion, spoke of his grace in the last days. And that is what I hold on to with the Lord. He does bring judgment. He must bring judgment or else he couldn't be the judge and lawgiver. But he also remembers mercy even in the midst of his judgment. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Next week, we will see where God tells Jeremiah to hide a linen sash in the river, and then after many days, to get it. As it is ruined, so will God ruin the pride of Judah, sending them into captivity. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible.